Welcome back, guys, to the Kicks and Picks podcast. Nick here with Scott and Coach Steve. Guys, we've got the last club week before the World Cup. We're going to bring you all the reactions from the midweek games in England and Italy. We've got a great buy or sell with some top matchups in the leagues and, of course, our hat trick of picks. Our locks of the season, or excuse me, our locks of the week, um, coming off of a five and five week. Last time out, uh, we did add point uh, half a unit, I guess, to the total. Uh, if you followed Scotty's picks, week. You, you added a lot more than that because Scotty absolutely carried the team. The pod lock is back into the win column, so we are seven and three on the year, and we are ready to make money one last time before the World Cup. So, fellas, welcome back. What's going on? Man, part of me is ready for the World Cup break as a Roma fan because it's been a, a rough couple matches. And I Did think something they, happen? They can desperately use the break after the loss in the Derby and the draw against Sessel a couple days ago. The other part of me is it's just weird having the World Cup in the middle of the, the winter. We see all these guys getting injured beforehand because the schedule is so jam-packed. A lot of big names. I saw, I saw Mane's the, the latest casualty oh, yeah. uh, for a team that really can't afford to, to lose a player of that caliber. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be weird having such a long break in the season. I, I wonder how it's going to affect a team like Napoli, who we'll get into in a little bit, in such a you know scorching hot form, and and maybe for teams like Scott's Liverpool and my Roma, who are not maybe where they want to be, it might be a good thing. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the World Cup is a, an interesting little thorn in our side this weekend because there's going to be a lot of like you mentioned coach a lot of players getting hurt and i think uh, the players we, that have officially been selected now the the rosters are out yeah. that's going to be in the back of their mind as they're playing this game in november middle of november that probably isn't going to decide any sort of title or champions league or even relegation race if, if there is somebody on a, a world cup roster in a relegation position right now yeah, and in the Premier League, I don't think there's really as big of a head-to-head, but Serie has got a couple big head-to-heads in the the top six or so. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see who gets rested, who maybe doesn't put in their best effort, and especially if they've been called up to avoid injury. It, it'll be a, a, a little bit of a tricky weekend to bet, I think. Yeah, that's was just going to say, I, I think um, we're, we're all on the same page. It's, it's a tough week to cap. Uh, I think we all don't necessarily love the board, but most of the time, that's when we do our best work. So, um, you know, Scotty coming off of a scorching week, we're ready to just carry that momentum forward, get us to the international break. And, and guys, just remind the listeners where they're going to find the best possible betting advice for the World Cup. I think it's got to be kicks and picks. I don't know yeah. of anybody else that's going to be providing the wall-to-wall coverage that we'll be providing. No chance. So stay tuned for that, guys. Uh, let's roll right into just some quick reactions uh, from midweek games. I think um, the, the big... Well, a couple big ones in Italy, but Atalanta um, really, I'm going to say, blew, blew the most points this week uh, with their loss to Lecce. That's a little bit unexpected. They were kind of rounding into form and pretty solidly in that top four. What do you think happened there, Coach? I think the maybe the other shoes starting to fall a little bit for Atalanta. When, you know, early in the season, they weren't conceding many goals, which is how they were getting by, which is kind of, uh, bucks the trend of how they were successful the past few right. seasons in Italy. They were scoring and kind of out shooting teams, and they don't really scare you offensively as much. I mean, I haven't watched them a whole ton, but I can tell you when they played Roma about a month ago, they escaped the Olympico with one perfect shot, and just Roma couldn't hit the broadside of a barn that day despite creating a lot. And that's kind of how they were getting by, I think, for a bit. And now teams are starting to catch up. They're starting to concede goals. Lecce took care of business against them. Lecce has been kind of tricky for big teams. Yeah. They're, they're, they're you all, you will know that I've, I think I've lost on them uh, two or three times this year. Yeah. Uh, they're the only one of only two teams to take a point off of Napoli this season. So not that, you know, Atalanta shouldn't be beating Lecce. Uh, definitely the, the worst result of any of the big teams from the midweek because Roma dropped points, uh, Milan dropped points. Um it wasn't a great midweek for a lot of teams. Other teams that did win, like Juve struggled to get by. Lazio struggled to get yep. by today, but they got results. Uh, really, it was only Inter who really was thorough in their victory. Seven goal Napoli, Napoli took a while to score a, a goal in their match to, to get the three points. But Atalanta, it's going to be a big weekend. We're going to preview that match coming up against Inter. But that this could be a big weekend for them to see if they're, you know, the Atalanta of a couple of years ago that can hang in a top four race or maybe last year's eighth place finishes more where this team is now 
Um, the other thing uh, we'll say, we mentioned Milan. That was a, a pretty rough draw. They didn't concede much, but 0-0 zero, zero game. Uh, you know, kind of one of the themes of that team that we've been talking about all year. Goals are not coming by as easily as probably that fan base hoped. Um, and then, of course, we had Roma, who, you know, took them, what, 80 minutes to get a goal? 80 minutes um, to get a goal, yeah. And then gave one up like three or four minutes later. Five minutes um, later, yeah. So, uh, Scotty has a very definitive timeline that he would like to talk about at this point when it comes to Roma. Yeah, I mean, the the Mourinho wall is is here. Um, I'll talk a little bit maybe more towards the end of this episode, but oh. it's the Mourinho three-year curse. We know the timeline. It's been this way for this last, I think, like four clubs, including two stints at Chelsea. He comes in, has success in the first year. Everybody's all high on, on him and, and his turnaround for whatever club he takes over. Uh, cracks start to form towards the middle of the second season. Questions start to get asked. He usually starts taking on players that are maybe older and, and more veteran and starts stunting some of the progress of the youth players. Uh, then there's usually towards the second half of his second season, uh, some seriously poor results. Uh, then there comes the summer period of, do we want to invest in a number, another transfer window with Mourinho? which is always yes. And then the third season is the disaster where he loses the locker room. He starts skipping out on uh, press conferences. He starts having great quotes get leaked out to the press. Uh, and I think, I think we're starting to get to that, that point now. So coaches a lot closer to it than we are. And, and I think I'm not going to speak for him. I'm going to let him speak, but I'm going to imagine coaches probably happy with where the team is at this point in time. But a lot of those things that you mentioned, Scott have already happened questionable results now he just what he's kicking a player off of the team so we hear in, in the media this week I don't you know can you confirm or deny that so what I would say is I think Roma's a different club than Chelsea or Real Madrid or, or Spurs I, I think there's going to be a little more time given to Mourinho if he so chooses the thing that you have to understand with Roma especially the last month when the results have started to to been hard to get is Dybala's been out Jeannie Winhaldum, who was supposed to be the midfield, you know, big signing this summer to really be the the linchpin of the midfield, has been in for all but 10 minutes. <laughs> the Matic. Matic was brought in to be a veteran <laughs> presence. And, and Mourinho said it himself. He 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 wasn't necessarily brought in to play alongside Cristante, but that's been forced. Those two were supposed to be kind of rotating with each other. So I think, I think it's uh, understood that the second half of the season will tell more if, you know, when Haldem comes back healthy, you know, you, you can't blame Mourinho for the the first, I don't know what we played so far, 14 matches. The first 10 of those or so, Roma was creating ample chances. Yeah, no, he's, chances. he can't score and the goals. He I'm, can't I'm score the there. goals. Tammy wasn't scoring the goals. He finally scored this week. Uh, you know, Belotti isn't scoring the goals. They, they, they've been having players not perform to their level, and that's been more of the problem. Um, you know, is he not at fault at all no of course i mean manager always have some fault in it but i think i think it's a little different so far than what happened at spurs what happened at chelsea the second time around i, I think he'll be given time by the freakins i mean earlier in the season there was some talk of, a, of an extension past the third year in line form we'll see if that comes to fruition but i mean this past week i mean look at who they're they're missing they're missing pellegrini dibala um and I will say, well, in terms no, it's of funny, it's, play, it's, play, it's funny you say that, be coach, missing. because I, I think I think Lazio was missing a couple of players at the weekend when they played each oh, other. Oh no, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that it wasn't because in that in the derby, the derby was a, a, an egregious giveaway by Ibanez. Lazio didn't do anything to really earn that win either. And so neither team really, I mean, neither team did much to win that match. It was a, a silly mistake <laughs> that won that match. But uh, just one of the points Scott brought up was the youth players not getting minutes. I, yeah. uh, that is one thing he has done yeah. at Roma. Zalewski's well, come through to. the system. Yeah, it's a little more forced at Roma than at a Spurs or one of those clubs, but Zalewski's gotten plenty of time. Uh, we're starting to see Christian Volpato, 18 years old, getting good chances. Bo- Bove's become a full-team, mm-hmm. uh, first-team player. doesn't get a lot of minutes, but he's, again, 19 years old or something. He's with the first team every match. So no. that so, that's kind of changed. The perspectives are so interesting because I think a lot of what Scotty said is correct, but, I mean, also what you're saying is correct, Steve, and – he just seems to get so much more runway, so much more rope than a few of these other coaches. So, I mean, we'll get into Juve in a second, but I mean, I'm watching Allegri get trashed the entire year for saying some of the same things Mourinho says, right? And listen, every squad deals with injuries. It's not an excuse. You know, you want to start holding these clubs to a higher standard, right? Mourinho is your coach. You're bringing in Dybala. 
Tammy had a monster year last year, you're expecting to fight for top four. Um, but it it's just very interesting the reactions Mourinho get versus the rest of the I, league or, or some of these other managers out there. I think the difference is look at the standard of Juve. Their standard is Scudetto every season, no, right? Well, Roma's standard no. is that the Conference League last year was their first trophy in, I don't know, 10 years since they won like a Coppa Italia or something, right? So there, there's that difference too. Roma and, and Rome is not the most patient place either. They're one of those teams that feels like they should be winning the fan base a lot more than they do. And they don't, um, you know, outside the top three sides, it's always tough for these other sides to win a Scudetto. But I think Juve, because Allegri's had that Scudetto success with the side. And I think they were just, you know, it's almost like that Yankees mentality, right? The Yankees always feel like they should be winning the world series. They've won a world series. And I don't know, was it now 13 years, Scott? And I think it's they're kind of just, I guess yeah. 13 was 2013 feels long, right? <laughs> so, you know, before that, before that, when we were growing up, the Yankees were, were in it every year, right. Or, or in the mix. Now it's like different. And I think Juve is kind of going through that to a lesser extent. Cause it's only been th- now three seasons that they don't win this year that they haven't won a Scudetto. But I think the standard is higher at Juve. Juve also spent a lot more money this summer, brought in bigger name players outside of Dybala. So I, I think there's that dynamic too. And I, I think, Mourinho bought himself some runway, as you as you call it, with the Conference League trophy last year. Yeah, I, okay, oh, that's fair. And the the one last point I want to make on Roma before we move on is, uh, it's funny everybody talks about Ronaldo. Like I, I just maybe I'm in the minority, but to me, a 33 year old player who's not to say he hasn't been fantastic, a guy that hasn't really played what I'm going to call competitively in some time. Um, 33, he hasn't played a minute because he's been injured. Like, is he the guy that's going to? magically turn the team's fortunes around i see that thrown around a lot on twitter like this oh well if we had genie if you had genie what well we discussed this before he even got injured you know while winaldum is not the guy that's going to be creating the majority of your team's goals he's not going to be like the creative spark off the bench or he's not even going to be that holding or the uh, defensive midfielder that protects the back line and all of a sudden your defensive looks you know insurmountable right He's very much just a guy that's going to keep possession. He's going to recycle, you know, cycle the pa- uh, the yeah, ball around. Yeah. He's going to, you know, help you, uh, you know, I guess shift uh, your position in the field so you can you can move swing it left or right. But he he's not going to be a, a difference maker. And it's like you said, Nick, he hasn't played in a year and a half, so I, I wouldn't expect too much from him. But he always has played better for his national team. So maybe there's something yes. that Mourinho sees there that he can try to to. to Pull out. I mean, to your point, he'll and, slide in there and be a massive upgrade over Matic. Like nobody's saying that, but I, I don't know. I, I just didn't, I didn't see that. And to Scott's point, did. I think what what Roman misses in the midfield is someone who can move the ball efficiently and and cycle possession. Outside of this week against Lazio, where they control possession, most of those matches against like the top six sides, they see possession and try to counterattack. And sometimes it works, like against Inter. Other times it doesn't, like we saw against Napoli. But they are missing. And the thing is, too, and I think not that he's done a lot for Inter this year outside that winning goal in the Fiorentina match. They miss Mkhitaryan because they don't have that guy that makes those late runs from the midfield. That's not Pellegrini's game. That's not Matic's game. So the dynamics change in the midfield. And you saw even against Sassuolo, when Roma has the ball, they don't know what to do with the ball to make those those final runs, those, those finish those last chances. Like I think of how they were con- connected with Frattesi all summer. Like I watched the late runs he he makes to score. I think he's got three or four goals already for Sassuolo. Like that's even look they're... at someone like McKenney, who I don't think is yeah. very good. Like he has that in him. Yeah. So so I think Roma's midfield is is certainly holding him back right now, and and we'll see. I and I'm with you. Like I had someone respond to me on Twitter this week when I said, you know, it's inexcusable for Roma to lose this match with Immobile and Milinkovic Savage out. It's inexcusable, no doubt. right? No doubt. And somebody responded, well, DiBala and Winaldum were out. I'm like, well, yeah, okay, DiBala is a big loss, but they didn't. They, they beat Lazio without him last year. And when Haldem's played, He's a zero loss. He's year? never played for Roma. There's right. no loss there. <laughs> right. Right. He was, he was their best player early in the season. But, you sure. know, when Haldem, what, what do you know? We don't know what when Haldem's going right. to give us. Right. He's played like 10 minutes. So you can't say. That's what I, that's oh, what I was talking Haldem's about. Haldem's out. Right? Zero loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I think you meant Dybala. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Right. But right. when Haldem, he hasn't played, right? right? So how you thought I was talking about Dybala. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have a whole list of props that we created for Roma, and I hate to break it to you guys. They're going to go 5-0. and oh. um, All right, just quickly to touch base in England, um, it was the Carabao Cup. Um, so we'd be remiss to not mention the unofficial sponsor of the podcast, Carabao. They are the second biggest energy drink in Thailand. Yes, they um, are. So we're at least the second best soccer podcast in Thailand. If I'm yeah, and, and London has fallen. Oof, Nick. 
London has fallen. We got one London club left, and it was uh, Charlton. Is that right? Yeah, League One Charlton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I do have breaking news. The draw has occurred for the next round. Um, and you guys will never guess it, but the very first uh, English club game back from the World Cup is going to be Liverpool taking on Manchester City in the next round of the Carabao Cup. Sure. But we have other matchups like Southampton and Lincoln City. Brighton and Charlton, Wolves and Gillingham, Nottingham Forest and Blackburn Rovers, Leicester City and MK Dons. Somehow, by sheer luck, we got Liverpool and Manchester City. Imagine that. So they're easy to back out. in with the cup, huh? <laughs> yeah, someone won't have to worry about it the rest of the year, so it could yeah. be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Everton, all gone. Crazy. Um, I think... Tottenham and, and, and Conte is, is going to be an emerging storyline over the next six weeks. Um, I think that's going to be simmering during the World Cup. And when we get to that January transfer window with Conte's contract up in the next six months and Tottenham kind of sputtering right now, it's going to be a very interesting show, I will say, uh, so for what happens. The one there. question I have, I don't know, I, I mean, just because I haven't followed the saga all that well, do the players seem to like him or are they fed up with him? I think the players like him. Um, I, I'm just, I think right now he's dealing with a little bit of an injury issue, right? We've talked about the forwards for Charleston and son and, and Klusevsky's now back, but he was out for a little bit. So I think there's a little bit of an issue there, but uh, it's just whatever's happening is, isn't really working. Um, right. Clearly, you know, I could speculate that, you know, we, we, we know Conte's issues with his family is still in Italy and he was really only committed for like a year. And um, I don't know that I'm not gonna say he's mentally checked out, but it's also, one of those things where he might not be putting a full effort into to the season unless he gets everything he really wants. Um, like it's a it's a win win for him either way. Right. And and the funny thing is because now that Mourinho coaches Roma, I see a lot of these you know comments, a lot of Mourinho like specific accounts. I mean, he's got a bigger following than some clubs. Mourinho, right? It's cycles, crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how how closely some people will follow him and and just follow his clubs. Uh, a lot of criticism from them toward towards Conte because it's like you got rid of Mourinho who uh, I guess was in the league cup final, right. When he got fired and and now you have Conte who, what is he really doing for Tottenham? Right. So, and they're spending lots of money for him that maybe they didn't want to spend for Mourinho. So it's an interesting dynamic for sure. I have a friend that is a very big Tottenham fan. Maybe we'll get him on someday. Nick is also uh, familiar of him. Uh, and he told me that this season friend. It was, he's a friend of all Don. If, he's, he's he's if you're listening, you're my yeah. friend too. Don't don't let Scott do you like that. <laughs> he told me that this season it was trophy or bust for Tottenham. This was the year that they get their trophy. They've already missed. They're now eliminated from one. Uh, I don't know that Champions he's, League will will work out for them. It's gonna be a rough. Uh, they rough barely year for made it through the 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 group stage, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know that the league is happening for them. So it seems like it's now all or nothing on the FA Cup for for that wish to happen. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be keeping a close eye on it. <laughs> uh, so, guys, let's get into buy or sell. Coach mentioned it. We got a pretty stacked weekend in Italy, so uh, we'll start there. We have Inter at Atalanta. Atalanta, losers in three of their last four matches. The shoe has dropped. Buy or sell Inter ending Atalanta's top four hopes once and for all. It's hard to say that they would be out of it completely because of the way everybody else around them is playing. But wow. I think a, a loss here and making it four out of five puts them in a very precarious situation heading into the World Cup break. And I'm sorry, before Scotty answers, I should mention Inter is a favorite on the money line, plus 120, Atalanta, plus 195. Um, so actually, uh, what I think are both pretty fair numbers. Yeah, I think... You know, Inter's form obviously a lot better um, right now. Uh, a win oh. here would we say that? But they lost to Juve two nothing at the weekend. Yeah, but Juve, Juve is resurgent, Nick. I, okay. I told you guys that okay. was coming. If so you listened in the last episode, well, we'll get into said it. They're resurgent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think Inter's form. I mean, they've won at least four of their last five, so that's you know right off the bat much better. Um, a win here would obviously put Inter three points above Atalanta. Um, depending on how Juve and, and Milan results go, they would probably move up. So you're looking at Atalanta being maybe five points down, but it's not so much about the gap. It's about the fact that the, the teams ahead of them are typically the more consistent. You know, Syria, we've had known as, has been anything but consistent the last couple of years, but um, it, it, I don't know that I'd put money on them to kind of make up that ground. They were looking good, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they were sitting in second and playing, playing Napoli, right? Um, 
And so if they had that sort of lead going through the World Cup, maybe that's momentum that they can carry through and just kind of hold on for, for one of those you know, last one or two spots in the, the Champions League. But I think at this point, if they're trying to chase games, it's the odds are, are definitely against them. Uh, I don't know that this is a must win per se, but I think a, a loss here definitely seriously damages their any chance of them getting it. Yeah, and yeah, I, so- I don't I don't think Atalanta gets in. I've been saying it for since before this three or four. I, I figured they would start to fall off. And if Udinese gets a miracle win against, I think they're playing Napoli this weekend and Roma wins, Atalanta could be as low as eighth in the table, right? Yeah. So it's a lot of teams, like Scotty said, in between you and, and that fourth place. Yeah. So um I'll I'll start off and I will buy that. I, I buy that if they're they lose this game they're cooked um and i'm sorry you know we have a lot of friends that we were friends with on twitter a lot of good adelante people great people actually um i I apologize for saying it but you guys just don't look like it this year um you know i can't remember one member i know they beat roma one nothing steve talks about that game a lot right where they had one shot on goal and it was the scalvini screamer and that's how they won but other than that game i don't remember a memorable adelante win like they haven't wowed me and I'm looking at Inter, and Inter's hot and cold, right? They score goals a lot. They lost to Juve. They lost to Lazio. Um, you know, they. I think they lost to Milan, right? I didn't make that up. Milan was a draw in August. That was draw. their one. Okay. That was their right. one other positive result against a, like um, a top seventeen. You know, but but just somehow, some way, like Atalanta had all these results, and I'm looking at the standings, and Inter is technically ahead of them. So, like, if Atalanta was doing that, where I can't even really remember a great performance of theirs. I just don't see them getting into that top four. I just, I don't, I mean, I, I think, you know, the teams are, no team is that great outside of Napoli right now, but I just, I think Inter's better. I think Juve's better. Milan's better. And one of Lazio or Roma are probably better. So I, I just don't see how Atalanta can have a prayer if they don't win this game. And I don't really see them winning this game. I don't know. I don't. Um, all right, so let's let's move on. You talked about Udinese. They are at Napoli. Um, so Napoli right now uh, leading the league. They are eight points up on second place Lazio and Milan, 10 points up on Juve. Uh, are you buying or selling a win in this game? Is locking up the Scudetto before the World Cup even starts? Locking up is a strong term, but it will be very hard to, to I think, knock them off that perch. Now, the only thing, I and I've been saying this for a while about Napoli, they're so hot, right? You're going to go in with a, at, at least an eight-point lead if you win this weekend, at minimum, because Lazio and Milan, even if they both win, can't get closer than eight points if Napoli wins. The thing is, it's only 15 matches into the season, right? So 23 matches left. If Juve starts to get hot or Milan, as I, I would say Milan especially, or Inter... You, you never know what could happen, especially if maybe Udinese catches some of these Napoli players looking ahead to the World Cup break. Maybe it's down to five over Milan, right? Then maybe maybe it gets a little tight. And the thing is, and I say this about Spalletti all the time because I watched him many seasons at Roma. And he won trophies at Roma, mostly Coppa Italia uh, and Supercopa. He's never won a Scudetto. And he's never won a Scudetto in his managerial career, except for like in uh, the Russian Premier League with Zenit. He won a couple of you know, titles. Damn. That counts. Um, right. But in Italy, he's never won the Scudetto. And that's kind of been his, not like, uh, not black mark, but it's kind of like that, that one negative on his resume because he, he plays, his teams play very nice football most of the time. They're usually in the mix for the top three or so. Uh, he tends to go into these like January, February swoons where that's where his teams lose titles. So I think it becomes even tougher for Napoli this season to avoid that because they're coming off that World Cup break, and they're, like, scorching hot right now, right? Everybody, you know, to, to compare them to their city, Vesuvius, right? Uh, they're, like, no. they're like volcanic there. right now, the way they're playing. And I think to keep that momentum is going to be so tough for them with a month-plus off, and then knowing Spalletti's track record, and not that he can't buck that trend, finally, um, I, I don't even want to say up eight points is a lock at this point is what I'm okay. going to say. I'm going to tell it's a lock. I think if they're up by like that number at the end of January after the World Cup break, then I'm buying 100%. Okay. Scotty, let me phrase it to you a little bit differently because I, I didn't set Coach Steve up for success there to sell that pick. First and foremost, are you buying them as this big money line this weekend? They're minus 235. Udinese is plus 500. Do they take care of business this weekend? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't even think you need to set me up because I'm going to buy that they're a win here locks up the Scudetto for them. Oh, um, okay. And the reason is that we just talked about how Serie A the last you know two seasons or so has been super inconsistent, yes. except for Napoli of this year, because they have won every single game since August 31st, and they have yet to lose a game all season long. They have the offensive firepower and depth to continually score against those lower league teams that we still see, or sorry, the, the bottom half of the table, the, the teams that are still tripping up Milan, like Cremonese, um, that are tripping up uh, Inter and, and, and Juve and, and whatever, right? So they've been able to avoid those banana peels as a term that's often thrown out uh, pretty consistently. And they have the depth where it's not like, you know, they did it without Oshiman, right? I think if we yeah. hadn't seen Oshiman miss six weeks, a good chunk, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think that we would say, hey, if, if he sits out for you know extended period, they may not, you know, be able to, to get across the finish line. We've mm-hmm. seen them without him and, and they didn't miss a beat. So yeah. I think a win here, it puts them at, like coach said, at least eight points, but who knows? I mean, Milan dropped points midweek. Maybe they drop points yeah. again against Fiorentina this, this weekend. Lazio, no Lazio. There's no. a lot of injuries going on right now. So it could even be more than that. So yeah, it's only 15 weeks in, but if you're looking at the teams and, and who's playing consistent and consistently well, and, and who isn't, it's only Napoli. So yeah. an eight, nine, 10 point lead with whatever 20 matches to go might be insurmountable. Yeah. So just to put it into perspective here with numbers, Napoli is minus 285. Heavy, heavy, heavy favorites to win the league. Uh, Next best is AC Milan plus 550, Inter plus 650, and a very interesting dark horse of Juventus at plus 1600. Not bad. Let me me phrase it with this, Nick. Napoli are a heavy favorite, a, a larger favorite to win the Scudetto than they are to beat Udinese. Fair. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say about the lines on this this match this week, if Napoli does get caught looking ahead, Udinese, they've cooled off recently. Big they've time. They've taken some big scalps this season, and they've drawn one, two, three, four, five of their last six Serie A matches, um, and their double chances plus 160. Something, just something <laughs> to keep in mind because it's not, a, it's not unheard of for some of these big clubs to maybe drop a couple points. I... um. I don't think any of us have it, so I'm just curious. Is what's the line like plus one and a half? Is that is that even uh, reasonable? Yeah, is that like a minus one thirty, minus one forty? Could we Let's could see. we do something there? One second. Yeah, sorry, asking questions in real time, guys. Uh, Udinese plus a goal and a half is minus one sixty. Plus a oh, okay. goal and a quarter is minus one twenty five. Okay. I mean, not a terrible number if you're still an Udinese believer. Uh, the one thing I do want to say, I mean, I agree with Scott. I think Napoli takes care of business this weekend. Juve sitting there at plus 1,600, for me, is the best place you can place that future money uh, because it, it meets two criteria. Number one, it is more than plus 1,000. Uh, so anytime we on this podcast look to lock up the future, you better be getting a hell of a lot of money in return. Uh, but number two, man, Milan and Inter don't look very good. They're not, you know, they just don't look great the last couple of weeks. And as Scotty mentioned, uh, we'll get into it. But Juve might be back. Might be back. Might be back. Could so, be in second place at the end, uh, going to the World Cup break. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, just just saying. But let's uh, let's switch gears over to England real quick. The marquee matchup there, Chelsea at Newcastle. Both teams currently neck and neck. They are both plus 175 to finish in the top four. Buy or sell one of those two teams finishing top four plus 175. I think if I'm buying one right now, I'm buying Newcastle. It's not really even a question. I mean, they're they're both, well, you know, two clubs going in different directions, right? Uh, Potter came in, had a, a nice little midseason bump, um, got some wins off the bat, but has definitely struggled of late. Uh, it all kind of started with that 3-0 thrashing to his old club, uh, Brighton. Um, whereas Newcastle are just, you know, taking along. They've had their, you know, similar to Napoli, they had their own injury crisis where they were missing a lot of their forwards, a lot of their midfielders, and they kept plugging along. Um, and, you know, obviously we, we talked about it at the beginning of the season, Nick, but we have a, a fun future locked up with uh, Newcastle to finish at the top of the table, excluding City and Liverpool. And I think that was plus 4,500. Sure was. So it's kind of what we expect right now. I mean, they're, they're performing the way that we expect them to. And we know in January, they're going to be 
strengthening the squad. They're, they're going to go out and spend money. They're going to look and assess, you know, who's in the market and, and who can help us uh, improve. And I think if there's a chance at finishing top four, there's going to be a blank check uh, for, for Eddie Howe, who has done yeah. a great job without a lot of those uh, transfers. So, and, and I'll, I'll hit you with a thought. Like it, it almost seems to me like both teams, I mean, you mentioned trending in opposite directions. I think that's true, but both teams kind of have that same issue, right? It's like, where's kind of that goal coming from when you really, really need it. Newcastle hasn't really needed it because they've gotten goal contributions from a lot of players and, and they just look like a fluid, balanced, well put together team. Um, are they just missing a striker? Do they go out and buy somebody in January and does that put them over the top? I think their hope was that Isak would do that. Um, sure. But they also have Callum Wilson, who is on the World Cup squad for England. Um, there you so go. Over, I think, over Tammy, I think. Yeah. Over Tammy yeah. Abraham, the $100 million Inter- man. Interesting. Um, so I think they have him. Uh, Isak is hurt right now, so I, he has really been able to get into a rhythm in, in the EPL. But, um, you know, I, I think if it's for me, what they're just looking for is, hey, let's find some way to kind of shore up the back line. Um, you know, they've had guys step up, uh, but I still think there's, you know, gaps in talent there. Um, so maybe they can find a, another, you know, center back that maybe performs really well in the World Cup and you know becomes a, a marquee name and, and they go out and make that splash. Uh, or even just getting more midfield help. I mean, Joe Ellington has been a revelation moving into midfield from the four yeah. position. It's helped Joe Willick out, former Arsenal man. Um, but Bruno Guimaraes, I think, has been you know one of their key players. But aside from that, you know, one of those guys gets hurt, like we've seen. You know, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a, a a lack in depth there. So I could see them going out, adding a midfielder, adding a a, a center half, um, and then just kind of relying on that talent they have up front with with Alan St. Maximin and Callum Wilson and. Uh, uh, Isak when he gets healthy. So, Coach, I know you're a Newcastle believer. What do you make of Chelsea? So, you know, we haven't been that much better. Has, has Potter been the guy? Or are you buying them to finish top four? Uh, I'm not buying them to finish top four right now. I, I like what Newcastle's done. I would I would buy Newcastle over them. Um, I think the thing with Chelsea, they've been very disappointing, but it's, it's also tough because you're bringing a manager, uh, I don't know, about eight to 10 weeks into the season. Right. And when I say weeks, I mean like match day weeks, not not just, you know, like weeks of training and stuff. And I think for him, he's good. It's going to take a little time to get a couple of players that he probably fits, fit his system better. Right. You see like Pulisic is rumored to be leaving. He's been rumored to be leaving for some time. And one of the clubs he's been linked to recently was Newcastle. Right. Do they bring him in to, to bring another attacking option where he could probably be useful? Um, I mean, the stat that you threw out there, right? Seven EPL games under Potter, only 11 points. Uh, the six before Potter were 10 points. So not not impressive, right? And they Credit to Scotty because he, he's pretty much called that from the jump. Yeah, and they, they were my lock a couple weeks ago, and they let me down. And uh, I think it was the Brighton match when they yeah. ended up giving up four. So They were the pod lock a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Um, let us all down. Nick, I got to put my hand up because I left somebody off when I was talking about the forwards. Coach's boy, Miguel Almiron. Oh, on one. Absolutely on fire. Former MLS great is, yeah, he's killing it. I mean, the only thing that with Chelsea, why they could make the top four along with Newcastle, because right now I'm buying Newcastle, is we don't know about Spurs, you know, consistency down the road. We talked about Conte maybe losing the dress room, like Scotty was saying, or is he going to last all season? Arsenal has cooled off. Yeah, but I, I think Arsenal at this point. I'm not. I'm not buying them over Arsenal. It's maybe over Tottenham and United at sure. this point. But then again, Liverpool's starting to come around, right? That's so, my point. I mean, you know, Liverpool's only two off them. If one team's to make a run at the top four, maybe it's Liverpool. That's you know five six. Not off. that anybody has ever made this comparison before, but I'll almost compare Liverpool to like a Juve. Just you, when push comes to shove and money's on the line, you trust the teams that have been there before. Yeah. yeah. I still so, think Liverpool are, are like the third favorites to win the title right now. Um, outside yeah, of I, I would not put my money there for what it's worth, though. No, no. but certainly could bounce back. Um, so let's transition into Juve. They are hosting Lazio. Um, They're winners of five straight, six of their last seven in Serie A. Uh, Lazio is carrying some momentum, though, over that win over Roma at the weekend and a midweek win uh, Thursday today. Um, a win over Lazio could potentially put Juve into second place. They are minus 105 on the money line. Buy or sell, Juve's back. As much as it pains me to say it, I, I think you have to buy it at this point because the teams around them aren't performing well, right? I mean, will they be second by the end of the weekend? Probably not because I, I don't expect Milan to drop points two in a row necessarily. But if they're in the top three at this World Cup break, 15 matches into the season, a little under halfway, 
and they start getting players back in the second half of the season that have been injured. It, it, as much as I hate to say, they're probably a top four team, right? I mean, it, it is what it is. And and I know Milikovic Savage is back for Lazio, but is is they have any chance of playing this weekend? Uh, yeah, so he played today actually for some for reasons unknown. He came in in like the eighty fifth minute. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't ask me why against Monza, but uh, sounds to me like he'll be at least fit enough to be on the bench. I don't yeah. know if he starts. Um, but man, do they need it because the attacking options outside of him are suspect. Zakania's yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um, Pedro did a whole lot of nothing for two games. Yeah. Uh, Felipe Anderson's been good, but uh, Casale, uh, um, Casale, um, the guy that they brought in from Verona, has been absolutely terrible. He doesn't have a goal yet. Um, so it's going to be a tough one, Scotty. I'll let you. I have, I have thoughts, but I'll, I'll let and, you. And one go. thing I'll just throw out there before Scotty goes is I couldn't believe when I saw that. Juve's conceded the second fewest uh, goals in any of the top five yeah. leagues in league play. Only seven goals conceded in 14 matches boggles my mind because they were so poor to start the year. Well, to, even to your point, they played today against Hellas Verona, who we all know is Serie B. I mean, now it's all but confirmed. We were on that bandwagon first, but they Summer. are the worst team I've probably ever seen in the top flight. Um, but they had like some spells of, okay, they're looking pretty dangerous. Maybe if they had a forward, they could have scored. So, I mean, Juve didn't look great for 90 minutes yeah. yet. Somehow they come Got away the another game yeah. without giving up a goal. That's a, that's a legry like terrorist football, right? That they're calling it. <laughs> I, uh, there's nothing else to call it. Yeah. I mean, you guys are are nailing all my talking points. Yeah. I'm going to buy that they're back because I kind of said it last weekend. I mean, they're one of the hotter teams in Serie A. And when we talk about the inconsistency in Serie A, they've been pretty consistent over the last four weeks. Yeah. The, the style of football is not attractive, but it's never been. Um, so I think when you have managers like that or Simeone, who's going through a similar issue in uh, Atletico, uh, when you play a, an ugly style of football and the results don't go your way, I think it's easy to question if this person is cooked, if it's, if it's mm-hmm. over for them. Um, but, you know, it, it, all it takes is a good run of form and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're back in it. And so I think yeah. Juve maybe have kind of figured things out a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's... It, I think we talked about Napoli, you know, being on fire going into the break. It kind of hurts Juve, right? Because, yeah. you know, we saw it took them a while once the season started to kind of get into this rhythm. Are they going to have that same struggle once we get out of the World Cup? You know, Napoli have a little bit of a cushion. Juve, not as much. Yeah. Um, so I think they're back, but I think it's a, it's a the World Cup is coming at a tough time for them because mm-hmm. I could have definitely seen them carrying this into, you know, the, the Christmas period. And they've been doing it without Vlavic. I mean, yeah. do they look better without... I don't want to toot my own horn here on the podcast where I try to make people money, but my boy Moise Keane goals yeah. in three of his last four games uh, that nobody seems to want to talk about. Um, so they're fine. I mean, Milik's look good. Uh, Kostic, you know, I, I think he looks pretty solid on the wing. Uh, Chiesa may or may back. not be back. I, I mean, he didn't play today, which I don't think he should have. Um, listen, when they're fully healthy, they have a good a squad as anybody. I, I really truly think they do. And um, I think maybe as, as casuals or fans of other teams, we all kind of enjoy to see them down in the dumps so far this year. Um, they look good. Uh, and the one thing I'll say that I, I don't agree with, I want your opinion on the lines here. They are a massive favorite. They're a three to one favorite in this game. It's actually a mirror of the line last week for Lazio Roma. They're minus one Oh five on the money line. Lazio is plus two ninety. Uh, Lazio was missing two key players last week. Both guys could be available this week. Do, do you buy this line? I'm not saying that they don't win the game or they can't win the game, but do you buy the line being so wide? I'll buy it because in order to win the game, you have to score goals. Coach just mentioned how good defense of Juve has been playing. And like Nick said, I mean, uh, if if uh, Immobile is back, then maybe you do have that goal score. But if you don't, who's going to score for Lazio against uh, the second best defense in, in Serie A? I think they'll struggle. And maybe maybe they get lucky with a you know a PK or yeah. the I right mean, bounce. But and Lazio's no no slouch in that category. I don't know if they're second or third in goals second. conceded. Second in goals conceded. I mean, they have a plus eighteen goal differential. That's second best behind Napoli. Um, it's not that they haven't found the goals. I, I just I don't know, Coach. What do you what do you think about the line? I, I I guess I see why Juve's favored. Um, I didn't think Lazio would be and they're plus. At home. Yeah, they're they're at home, so I think the minus one hundred five makes sense. They, they they're coming off a win against Inter last week, right? That was a big win for them. But Lazio plus two ninety is a bit a bit large for me. I think if you know last weekend I understood it more because 
Roma not playing the, the best football and those two big players were out for Lazio this weekend. At least Malikovic Savage starts and you have Chiro to some capacity. So I, I, I thought they'd be more maybe like a plus 180, plus 190, not a plus yeah. 290. Uh, so it, it is a large spread, but I do agree that Juve should be favored and probably around that even money point, I think, based on form. Yeah, we'll see. It'd be interesting to see the lineups. Uh, I got a pick for this one coming up, so we'll we'll talk about it. So let's get right into the locks of the week, the hat trick of picks. Uh, Mr. Scotty, 3-0 and weekend last weekend. Probably the quietest 3-0 and you guys have ever seen in your life. This man just racked up winner after winner. How are you going to keep it going this week? I'm going to go back to a team that has treated me very well this season. Um, and it's it's Arsenal playing at Wolverhampton. Uh, Arsenal minus one goal is minus 105. Uh, yeah, it's, you're giving up a goal here, but you're talking about the team that is probably the hottest team in the Premier League right now. Um, no significant injuries from them. So they're going you know into this game full strength uh, versus a team that we used to love taking the unders with Wolverhampton, but mm-hmm. they've been pretty poor defensively the last few matches. I think it's given up 10 goals in their last four games. And on the other side of the ball, they've only scored eight goals all season long. So not a whole lot of offensive output there. So I think Arsenal come out and, and I think they're trying to make a statement game going into the world cup, um, yeah. you know, kind of put a little bow on this first part of the season where they've been probably the story of the season. Um, Gabriel Jesus, probably the maybe outside of Holland because Holland is a superhero, uh, yeah. the signing of, of the season thus far. Uh, and then, you know, Wolves team struggling as it is, but they've also had back-to-back red cards in the last two matches. So they're going to be missing key players, Diego Costa and uh, Nelson Semedo. Did you think you'd be saying key player Diego Costa in 2022? Well, they they had no, they had like six goals before they signed him. He managed to help them. Well, I don't even think he was on the field when they scored their two goals uh, last weekend, but just, he was just being there. Just being just his presence. presence. (laughs) Yeah. Just his presence there helped. Maybe, maybe he fired him up with that headbutt against Ben Mee two weeks ago. But uh, so I I just, I think Arsenal come in. This could be a 4 0 game that, you know, is is Arsenal's little like, we're going to this break. Let's try and carry something into the, the next half of the season. Yeah, I, I like this one. Like you mentioned, the Wolves unders are dead lately. And I think Arsenal, too, like you said, that of the teams with players going to the World Cup, I think they'll be the most hungry because they're the team that hasn't been in this kind of position in a while. And, and like definitely. you said, I think Arteta is going to get them fired up. And I think they're in a perfect position to to go in with a win. I love it. Coach, I'm double duty, brother. What do you got for your first pick? So I'm going to go with Inter. Uh, they bounce back very nicely in the midweek. I mean... <laughs> Talk about nicely. They put up six on uh, Bologna. Poor Bologna got hammered Bologna. in San Siro. Uh, we talked about the Inter-Atalanta match earlier. The Lions are favoring Inter on the road. Atalanta, the past few years, has been a better road team than home team. I think that continues because I'm, I'm going to take Inter draw no bet at minus 150. The Juve match aside last weekend, which hurt us, Nick, because I know yeah. we we were uh, heavy on Inter yeah. with the lines that they were coming out. Sure were. Um, I, I think it's a... a not, I can't say a bounce back because they did bounce back already. Mm-hmm. I think they just carried the momentum from the Bologna match. I think Atalanta's struggling, and I think the Inter players are going to are gonna want to have something to prove going into the World Cup break, maybe solidify mm-hmm. a, a top-four type place going into that break. Yeah, and shame on us because we focused on the midweek when there, the better matches were obviously last weekend, You know, all yeah. the games we previewed. Um, but that was a game that Inter could have easily been up 2 or 3 yeah. nothing in the first half. I mean, they, they came out on fire, created a lot of chances – Juve did Juve. Uh, they did some Allegri type things and came away with the victory, but it's not for a lack of uh, inter trying, at least in that first yeah. half hour or so. It was one of those classic don't capitalize on your chances and you get bit. 100%. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm actually riding on this game as well. I like the over. Uh, it is two and a half goals. It is a very reasonable minus 135. Um, so everything coach just said, I agree. Um, I think Inter takes this game. Um, Atalanta has had three goals or more in three of their last five and two or more in the two games that didn't. So five straight games with at least two goals, uh, Inter six goal performance last time out, Lotaro and Jekko both scored a goal. So you'd love to see that. And I think both teams really kind of need this win. You know, we we spoke about it just a few minutes ago. So I, I expect both of them to go for it. I definitely expect a lot of chances. And if the minimum amount go in, we've walked away from this game with a win. So I, I like the over in this one. All right. Round two, second pick. Uh, I'm going to be taking an interesting one. It's uh, Burnmouth 
pick them or, or draw no bet plus 100 versus Everton. Love. Uh, Burnmouth, not great. Everton, even worse. Burnmouth at home, getting a little <laughs> bit of a, a help here. But the key thing for me is that this, this matchup just happened on Tuesday in the Carabao Cup. It's Burnmouth hosting Everton. Both teams played relatively strong sides, not 100%. I don't think Connor Cody played for Everton, but it didn't matter because Burma still scored four to Everton's one. Um, Burma's just absolutely outplayed them, smacked them. Um, and, and so to get basically even money with a draw no bet line at home against Everton, who haven't really played well away anyways, I think they have just one away win since August. It's it's a really easy pick for me. I, I just don't Feels see Everton... Good. I don't see Everton bouncing back from that result and getting a win on the road in a place that they just got battered. So um, Burmouth also been doing better in the goal scoring department. Uh, I think they scored two against Tottenham, three versus Leeds. And, you know, even at home, their form has been decent. They have three losses, but they come to Arsenal and Tottenham and then a Southampton 1-0 uh, like a couple months ago. So yeah. I, I like Burmouth's form at home. I like the fact that they've already proven themselves against Everton just a few days ago. Uh, plus 100 is a, a nice line for this, I think. And that three-goal performance against Leeds, I think, won me an over. You know, game oh, where yeah. you expect Leeds to overs. pop in a couple, yeah. but Burmouth took care of business, so I, I like that they've been scoring. Yep. Good bet. All right, you you said it before, Nick, that I'm I'm high on Newcastle. I I said I buy them for top four right now, and there's if I buy them for top four against Chelsea, there's no reason why not to pick them this week, right? Yeah, I, I'm not going go to go money line just because. Do it. These kind of games can be unpredictable, even though I love the money line number. Same with the Inter one; I, I love their number money line too. But I think yeah. to draw no bet when you're given a lock, you got to give a little extra security. Yep. And at minus one fifty, Newcastle draw no bet against Chelsea. I like it. Newcastle unbeaten in their last 10 in all competitions. Um, haven't lost since August 31st. We mentioned it last time, I think it was, or the, the episode before where it was that late, late loss to Liverpool. Yeah. And um, I think they're the team, too, who's similar to Arsenal. They haven't been good and relevant in a long time. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I, I read that this is the first time in 10 seasons that they're actually ahead of Chelsea and going into a head-to-head against them. And I think they're going to want to hammer home the point that they're for good real stat. this year. Yeah. They're, they're going to want to hammer at home. I know their their recent record against Chelsea is not great, but they haven't been at this level in a long time. And if they can get the three points, they're they're secured in third place going into the World Cup break. would be huge for them, knowing that, like Scott said, their owners have the money willing to spend. And if you're within, you know, seven of the title, title probably out of the question with City and Arsenal head. But if you have at least a four-point lead on United and some of these other sides, if you want to secure Champions League football, that that's that's a great way to get your owners to say, "We believe this team can do it. Let's spend a little money. Let's you know reinforce a bit and and really make a push for a top three to, to close the season, top four minimum." Yeah, and, and Chelsea are limping into this one still. You know they still yeah. have injuries on the defensive side. Reese James and Ben Chilwell will not be there. Wesley Fofana, the head scratching eighty million dollar uh, or eighty million pound acquisition, not going to be there. And Gola Conte, who's been a, a key player in their midfield for many many years, not going to be available. So this really screams a game where Chelsea just kind of shows up with their kind of tails between their legs and just gets kicked out. So I, I like this pick a lot. Yeah, and I'm wondering what are the goal score numbers for uh, Newcastle. So I'm going to look quick. We'll so check that out. But I, yeah. I just love the way Coach went after this pick immediately. He came out. He, I don't know. You, you Jordan Belfort there on the fucking mic, dude. You sold <laughs> so, me that pick. <laughs> anytime goal scorers: Callum Wilson plus one forty, Chris Wood plus one eighty five, and Miguel Almiron plus two thirty. Almiron has been every game that we bet Newcastle. Right. That dude scores every time we need a goal. He gets it. Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't we fucking place a bet on that? I think you might have to. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm going, I'm on this new thing, guys, where I, I just basically take picks from all the matches we feature because we do so much research on it. I just wind up loving something. Um, I'm going to go a little unorthodox with this uh, because I think the number is very high, but I think it's high for a reason. Juve Lazio over five and a half cards, and that is even money right now. Um, so I have been tracking this. I almost took these picks last week. Both teams underperformed a little bit in the card category from my point of view, um, you know, being in heated derby matchups. Um, you know, I think a lot of this does depend on the personnel who's available, um, who's fit, what what the coaches are going to go with. But I think either way, I like it because if some of the better guys aren't available, it's going to be a much scrappier game and uh, teams are going to have to set the tone early. If the best players are available, well, then, People are going to be chasing shadows and chasing balls. So either way, I like yellow cards in this one. I think two in the first half, one from each team, probably gets us there to that six that we need. And I think uh, guys like Cuadrado, 
uh, Danilo Cataldi from Lazio. These guys are fucking mortal locks to get cards. So if your book offers players to get booked, um, I, I pretty much take both of these guys every single match. But I think, you know, that's two that you have in the book right there that you don't even have to think about. And you just need a couple more to, to get there. So um, I, I think this is going to be a, a dirty, ugly match. And there's going to be a lot of fucking cards. Yeah, Nick has abandoned know. his corner props in favor of card props. I have. I have. <laughs> and I know but you talked you, about the Lazio underperforming against Roma. That match could have had more cards. I think you have to do research ref, on, on the ref too, right? The ref yeah. was lenient for a derby. That yeah. match ended up with five. It could easily had seven or eight. Exactly right. So I've been pretty much spot on with card picks this year. I'm going to ride that because I went to win three last week. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Closing out my picks, um, I'm going sort of back to another well that I've been uh, dipping into pretty frequently this season. Um, Torino versus Roma, both teams to score. I'm going to zig here when people expect me to zag. I'm going to take no. It's minus 120. Um, I've been taking Torino unders pretty regularly in these picks. They've been very kind to me. Under two and a half is minus 150, which seems about right, but I'm not willing to put that much skin in this game. Um, But both of these teams are our defense first approach, right? Uh, They're 16th and 17th in in total goals per match. I think uh, Torino's averaging 2.21, Roma averaging 2.14. Roma... We all know not exactly the most efficient team in, in finishing in front of goal. Um, although they're second in the league in XG behind Justin Napoli, who've been obviously on fire all season, but they're tied for 11th in gold score, uh, goals scored. Um, so they've been pretty wasteful. Um, and honestly, uh, Roma is actually we, we, their defense is sound. We, we like to make fun of Smalling. Uh, we like to make fun of the, the issues that they had in the back in the past, but. They're top on the table for expected goals allowed. So a little bit of a moral victory there for, for Roma moral heading victory. into their break. Like you know, Scotty, Scotty uh, stats came for it. With this right. so, and, and, when, and when you go back to the Mourinho point you were making earlier, right? How do you blame Mourinho for a team that's second in goals, expected goals, and first in expected goals yeah, allowed, right? Yeah. That's why. Summer counting that is first. Yeah. <laughs> so there we, we got a little redemption arc for Roma here. But I, I think – the, the likelihood of this being a, a shootout game is next to none. Um, maybe agree. Roma gets hot. Maybe Tammy like breaks out of his funk because he's pissed about not being the World Cup yeah. roster. I was going to mention that. Yep. I, I but, see a 2-0 Roma victory in this one, quite honestly. Yeah, I, I'm fine with either team potentially not getting in or uh, getting a goal in, in the back of the net here. So minus 120, that's a much better, much better line than minus 150 for essentially it, the same thing. And I wait, let me just make sure coach did not take this pick before I say it out loud. Like I, I don't hate Roma minus 120 on the money line. Like that is a good number that you could yeah. go to bat with. I actually saw minus team. 115 on DraftKings. Right there you go. Yeah. Even better. And, um, um, I was gonna bring up the Tammy point that Scott was saying, and just looked up his number. He's plus one seventy-five, scored in the midweek, and he's and that that was before he was excluded from the England side for his quote unquote form from Gareth Southgate. I, I would keep an eye on him to to maybe going with a bang and then hopefully heat up in the second half of the season. But also going along with the money line, you're saying minus 115. If Roma doesn't come out, even with the injuries pissed after blowing that match in Sassuolo, then there's bigger issues. I'm going to tell you guys, I almost took Roma first half over half a goal. And I think that was minus 115 as well. Um, So I, I mean, to say that I'm, I'm with what you're both saying, it would be an understatement. And I think Scotty is the person on this podcast who has absolutely done the best with Roma. I want to say you're probably like five and zero taking Roma games this year. I don't, maybe I mean, it's not verified. I don't know that I've taken but, that many, but maybe three I mean, and zero. I feel like every time you come, come for a Roma pick, you got to make sure that you can shove it in coach Steve's face later. Yeah. <laughs> well, Roma to score first half, Nick, if you think they're going to come out angry and score goals, minus one ten. Yeah. Toss up. So you're talking about nearly even money and uh, I will be probably placing that bet. All right, so that brings me to my last one. Bundesliga is a place I don't Coach worldwide. shy away from this season. It's been pretty good for me. I think Union Berlin, we talked about last week, has that ship has sailed for me. Uh, I didn't bet it's them been, last week. Fun. Thank goodness. The week before I did have them. Uh, it's Leverkusen. We know how that went. But the team that's been my moneymaker lately has been RB Leipzig. I mean, they have been super hot since Marco Rose took over. Uh, I just want to double check, but I think it's their last nine matches unbeaten in all competitions, including three yep. in the Champions League, including a win over Real Madrid. Um, let's see. In, they came, they're coming off a big win against Freiburg, who was second in the table before RB beat them 3-1 on the midweek, uh, beat Hoffenheim the week before 3-1, um, beat Leverkusen. The new team nobody wants to see right now. 
No, they're they're the team I think everybody wants to avoid, and I think Bayern's probably happy they're not playing them until right after the World Cup, not until January, because I know they're only fifth in the table right now, but if you're looking at like the biggest threat to Bayern running away with it, this might be the team because they seem to be the hottest. Marco Rosa has been playing really good football. Uh, the, yeah. the results are coming. Got out of that Champions League group when they started off very slowly, and um, the number at Werder Bremen is minus 125 money line. I'm going to go with it. Uh, it's a road match. Road matches can be tricky. And, you know, you always have that risk of right before the World Cup not getting the, the draw no bet security. But I just like the way they're playing right now. Coach, tearing up Germany right now. So I love it. All right. So last week, you guys, I, I called it my game of the fucking year. I loved it. Napoli corners. They let me down in absolutely epic fashion. You could ask these guys. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been so upset about losing a bet in my entire life. The only way to come back is to have another game of the year. I mean, you have to, you can't have losing record in game of the year, at least if I'm one and one. So I'm going to make this next one, my game of the year, uh, my second game of the year. Um, United man United against Fulham over four and a half cards plus one Oh five. And this is going to blow your fucking mind. These teams are number one and number two in the premier league this season for cards. Number one and number two. I can see plus, United. That makes sense. Plus 105. So they have 36 cards each. United are all yellows. Fulham, 35 yellow, one red. Number yeah, one, seems, number two, plus 105. Lock, lock it in right now. How, how did, if this doesn't hit, at least you guys understand. It's not just me being crazy and telling you why I love it and this and that. How do you argue with those numbers? Number one and number two in the league, plus money. And the number is even lower than the last pick I just gave, which was Juve Lazio. How does this not hit? Somebody explain to me how it doesn't hit. I don't know. I mean, I, between Bruno Fernandez and, and Casemiro and uh, McGuire plays, he played midweek. Those are all walking yellow cards right there. We're not even touching Fulham at that point. So that seems I, I, a pretty I good just value. looked through United's last three matches, each one they had three yellow cards. Yeah. I think I just gave you the three right there. <laughs> Just I'm not I'm not even going to further expand on the subject. I don't think you need research, to. guys. But yeah. that, that's I mean, I, I have locked this bet in already, and you should do. And one tidbit I want to throw in: it's not not a lock of any sort. But what I've been finding, and I've been telling you, Nick, the past couple match weeks, the Bundesliga, the overs are back. They're back. A lot of them are minus one seventy, one eighty, over two and a half. So you can't really go straight up. You pick two yeah. or three matches that you feel the most confident with going over. If it's a Bayern match, it's got to be three and a half because. They're, they're over two and a half is always like minus 250 or whatever. But and I think we, you know, if, if people haven't listened or if you're new to the podcast, that's that's something we mentioned early on in the year that Germany, there's tends to be more goals yeah. in that league. Um, it'll start off in the season. You can get decent numbers. It'll be at two and a half, minus yeah. 130, minus 140. You ride that wave. Then as the book starts to adjust, you pull back a little bit. And there's been a couple of weeks that have been duds. But the last, I'm sorry, I cut yeah. you off. The last two yeah. or three weeks have been unreal. Yeah, I was just going to say, you got to avoid certain teams like Union games are, are tend to be low minds. Some of those teams, you do a little research on, on how these teams stack up, how they've been scoring lately. And you parlay two of them to get like plus money, three of them, and you could probably get a, a little over plus 200. And you just you just ride that and you find a couple that you like. And, and they've been hitting uh, the Coach past couple, couple matches. Coach has been hot. All right, Scotty, let's. Bring it to a close. Hit us with the pod lock. We are now seven and three on the year. Absolutely crushing it. We're back in the win column. What are we riding with this week? Yeah, so we're going to go with two teams. I don't know that either any of us have really bet on either of these two teams much this year, but uh, I think there's an interesting line. We have Brighton and Aston Villa, both teams to score yes in this match. Uh, Aston Villa, we know Gerard is now out. Um, they've kind of turned a corner a little bit and they've actually been scoring. They just beat, uh, United three to one, um, uh, on the weekend. Um, we know Brighton, uh, have been doing just fine without Potter. Uh, I think they've actually scored, uh, like nine goals in their last four or five matches. So on a, on a tear there, um, and the over two and a half has hit for both of these teams in each of their last three games coming into this. So, both teams on fire offensively. I think there's going to be goals aplenty in this one. Love it. Number is just unreal. Brighton, uh, you know, deserve be offensive-minded manager. Like Scotty yeah. said, I'm looking at their last three, including the, the the win over Arsenal in the midweek in the Cup. Ten goals in their last three, 11 in their last four with the loss to City. So it, the goals will come with deserve be. Well, we, we saw with Sassuolo, Nick. 
And yeah, they, maybe they, this they is they the tend, new Sassuolo. Yeah, and they tend <laughs> to concede. They, they they tend to concede um, less with him than with other the, the new manager now, but I, I'd like the both teams to score. Yeah, so that's going to be our, yeah. our eighth win of the season for the pod lock of the week. Both teams to score. Absolutely on fire. So, guys, thank you again so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, follow, share. Um, at Twitter, Kicks and Picks Pod. Kicks, Picks Pod, excuse me. Um, all your streaming platforms, please share it with your friends. And please, please, please follow us. We will have a ton of World Cup content coming to you starting this week. So much to break down. We couldn't be happier to do it. Um, and uh, Scotty and I actually, we got something special planned for you. So just be on the lookout. 